Welcome to the Odd Man In Podcast, Jack. I don't even know what episode we are on at this point, but um, safe to say it's smooth sailing and we're getting consistent here, I guess, is the word you could use. But how are you doing, Jack? I'm doing splendid. I uh, had a little uh, exam today in one of my classes and it went pretty well, so feeling good. And I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to podcast, my man. All right. Obviously, Carter is not here today. He has some homework and assignments to catch up on. We know that the school year is is here now, so you know. Obviously, we we give our give our guys some time to do that. Um, but today we're gonna focus on college football and the NFL. For those of you that listen for social events and things of that nature, pop culture, uh, we're not going to completely go away from that. But for the time being, college football and NFL really ramping up. So we're going to put some focus on that for our listeners that enjoy the sports world. Right. Um, And I I also do want to highlight – there still will be some social undertones uh, in, in our discussion. Uh, it's not going to be a power hour of sports. Um, well, it is, but uh, it's going to be a little different than your, your typical sports podcast. So rest assured. Absolutely. So shall we begin, Jack? Let's, where do you want to start? NFL? I feel like that's kind of fresh on our minds, right? Yeah, I got the uh, Broncos Seahawks game up in the background right now. Um, got some big money on uh, my boy Russ and the Broncos, so pulling hard for them tonight. But um, man, what a what an interesting start to the NFL season! A lot of upsets. Uh, a lot of players showed out. A lot of players did not. Yeah, I want to first give a shout out to former Charlotte player Alex Highsmith. He Leads the league in sacks after one week with three. Well, he's tied with Khalil Mack of the Chargers, but three sacks for him. So, good job. We love to see Niners in the NFL, just like Jack loves to see his state guys. Um, But, Jack, I mean, Carolina and Cleveland, obviously, big storyline there. And I can't help but just say, that's got to be an underwhelming beginning for Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah. Um, Baker, I think one big disparity between uh, Browns, Baker, and Panthers, Baker, is obviously the offensive line. Uh, Iki Iguanu, tough start for him. He was getting dominated by Miles Garrett pretty much all game. Um, not that that uh, reflects poorly on Iki Iguanu, being that Miles Garrett is a premier pass rusher, but um, yeah, that's more that the, you got to ask the coaching staff why that's a one-on-one matchup. Yeah, got to You got to double him up there, no question about it. If it's Icky Iguanu or or you know a ten-year vet, um, yeah, it, you you gotta you gotta spot the pass rush and you gotta give your quarterback some time to operate. And uh, Baker just didn't really have much of that, and uh, he wasn't really able to create. So um, yeah. Yeah, rough game for Baker, and uh, we hope to see him turn turn it around. 
and Baker had four fumbles. He his team recovered all of them, so no turnovers there, and he had an interception as well, a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. But Brissett and that Browns team got it done. Um, other big games in Week One, I guess. You know, there's some crazy results. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, I guess. Yeah, um, the the departure of Tyreek Hill did not seem to deter him much. He went absolutely insane uh, week one. Um, So is this maybe an MVP season inbound for for Patty Mahomes? Yeah. And then I want to look at Rodgers, Jack. Obviously, I don't want to overreact because I believe last year they lost – by 30 and 30 or more in week one to the saints and they ended up fine but seven points um just not any ball movement really rogers played bad i can't i can't even i i don't know what the stat is but i can't tell you it's got to be over five years since Rodgers has had zero passing touchdowns in an interception in a game. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't even think of the last time that's happened. Um, yep. And, you know, we were, we think back to last year, uh, poor performance in week one, like you mentioned. But uh, the difference between last year and this year, Rodgers had Tay, uh, he had, he had Tay Adams uh, last year. Um, yeah, as well as some other pieces that he he uh, ended up losing uh, this year, and on top of that, um, you know there was the off season drama with him, um, and I mean you really you look at the the uh, the the sort of uh, technical analysis of the Packers, and you know some might think that it could be a, uh, a bit of a down year for Rogers. And I actually had him as my number one uh, bust in fantasy. I think he, uh, he has some hills to climb and um, we'll, we'll see if, if he can turn it around, but personally, I don't have much faith. Yeah. So actually the last time he did throw zero TDs and, uh, picks was week one of last year so it was a year ago um, he bounced back from that but he just doesn't have the receivers this year um, actually no he had a, another game with zero TDs and an interception that was Seattle so that's not very common but it has happened in the last year um Jack, let's. I don't even want to talk about it, but Sunday night, man, and and Dak, <laughs> he's hurt. We hope he gets better soon. You know, he's he's a one of the faces of the league, whether you agree with that or not. Um, the hand injury is going to keep him out for a bit, and honestly, I think that might be. Dallas's season, man. I mean, Cooper Rush has got to come in, and it's six to eight weeks. I mean, ideally, I, I would think they're targeting 
their bye weeks week nine. So I, I would think they're targeting him to come back after that. But you got some tough matchups. You got the Bengals next week. Joe Burrow certainly will not play as bad as he did in week one. You got at the Giants, the Commanders, at the Rams, at the Eagles. Those are two tough games. Lions and Bears, I mean, with Cooper Rush, I mean, could this season quickly turn into a, oh my gosh, we're one and seven or we're two and six? What do you think? Uh, um, so I, I think that uh, it, this could go one of two ways, I think, for the, for the Cowboys. The first is, you know, two and eight, one and seven, like you mentioned. Uh, and the second is, you know, they survive uh, and Dak comes back and they, uh, somehow slide into a playoff spot. Uh, and the if they survive or not, it's all going to come down to one man, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, with Cooper Rush as your quarterback, you have to keep the other offense off of the field as much as you possibly can um, because you, you simply just do not want to give up points and have to play from behind when you have Cooper Rush behind the helm and um Zeke is going to need to carry the workload he had a a very slow start um did not play well Sunday night um but expect him to get uh a lot of carries uh going forward until Dak gets back absolutely I I think you know at this point we can at least say with with confidence the Eagles are the front runners for that division um, even though they almost threw their game away um, in terms of other games Chargers looked as good as advertised yeah Herbert was throwing lasers dude um, although his stat light his stat line wasn't too gaudy uh you know, he, he had three touchdowns and he, I did not see him make very many mistakes. Um, perhaps one of the uh, best performances of uh, week one outside of Patrick Mahomes from the QB yeah. position. Um, Houston basically just said we're going to tie with 20, 20 seconds left. They punted it on. They're uh, on the Indianapolis 49. I mean, I am kind of shocked by that because it's not like your team has super high expectations. You may as well just go for the win, right? Yeah, that's what you would think. Um, I, I'm not really sure what, what, what the thought process was there. Um, you know, the Colts, they have just – so many playmakers. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you see, explodes for 161 yards week one. Um, you know, Matty Ice has 350 yards through the air. Um, that's almost 500 yards of offense just from two players. Mm. So um, I'm not sure what the Texans were thinking there. Uh, you know, they had the game in the bag <laughs> uh, until the fourth quarter when the Colts scored 17 unanswered. Um and, uh, yeah, I'm not sure when the last time we had a week one tie was, but uh, it wasn't in a time where I can remember. So, 
Um, yeah. That's an interesting trivia fact for you, uh, for you listeners at home. But Davis Mills, uh, he may have had the highest completion percentage in week one. He had 23, oh, sorry, 23 of 37. I thought that said 27, but nonetheless, he, he had a decent debut, I'd say, as the, the guy this year. Yeah, uh, he's a system guy. Um, you know, he's not going to bust the top off the defense with his arm. But uh, he usually will make the correct reads. Uh, we saw it in his rookie season. He didn't throw too many interceptions. Um, but with a system guy, you need uh, some weapons out of the backfield. And uh, Rex Burkhead is not is not <laughs> that guy. Um, 14 carries, 40 yards. That's just not going to get it done. Damian Pierce, I think, was also very underwhelming. Um yeah, um, ah, this is really a was a very uh, bewildering outcome. I think I, I expected the Colts to really blow the Texans out of the water here, um, but um, both teams are going to start 0 and one. Yeah, can't imagine going to the locker room after waiting a whole year and you got to wait another week for a win or a loss. Yeah, I think I would much rather lose week one because then you have something to build on. Uh, yeah. When you tie, it's just kind of like, okay, what do well, we do? Yeah, well, that <laughs> happened, I guess. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jack. College. If yeah. Um, yeah, big weekend. Uh, we'll start in the ACC, I suppose. Wake. Sam Hartman, I, yeah, Sam Hartman is the real is the real deal, man. I gotta say, I I love to hype up Wake Forest. Um, I think they're extremely underrated, uh, despite people thinking they're not that good. Wake, Wake, all right, you know, schedule aside, has the forty sixth best defense in FBS, which is pretty good considering there's 200-plus teams, um, only allowing 272 yards. That's where they needed to improve is defense, and their offense is just ridiculous, 488 yards a game. And they got a date with Clemson on September 24th, Jack, and it's in Winston, and I think – Right now, I think they're they're the team that we should expect to win that football game. Yeah, yeah, you know, you would think uh, that would be the case. Um, certainly, would hope so. Um, <clears throat> definitely uh, going to be a team to watch in the ACC. Um, Jack, we got to say Texas just threw away the game. They sure did. It's all going to come down to that one uh, critical <laughs> point at the end of the first half. Um, listen, you got Bijan Robinson as your as your primary goal line back. The guy's an absolute unit. He runs downhill, and he's debatably the best running back in the league, uh, or in the in the country, I, I should say. Um, 
at least in terms of power five. Um, it's you got four yards to go and you don't hand the ball off. I mean, I'm getting like flashbacks to <laughs> Steeler or to the Seahawks, uh, with, yeah. uh, with Lynch, um, and they threw the ball. Um, except that that resulted in an interception, although, um, Texas didn't even convert the field goal, so I guess a uh, 20 20. A twenty-yard field goal. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you miss that. If you're a Division One kicker, you <laughs> you gotta make those. I'm UNC, pretty sure I can make those ten times UNC, out of ten. UNC used to have extra point struggles in uh, in their heyday. Um, ah, I remember the days. Um, you know, I, I recently found out the other day um, <laughs> there was a kicker for UNC in. 2008 or nine that went to our middle school. Uh, for those of you at home, Robert and I uh, attended the same uh, elementary, middle school, uh, and high school actually. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there was there was a guy. I think he was four or five grades above you, Robert, mm-hmm. and his name was Thomas Moore. Oh yeah. Which is hilarious because our middle school was called Saint Thomas Moore. Yeah. So. That honestly was like a glitch in the matrix when I found that out. Uh, Jack Hayes King, man, like I'm gonna be I, honest. Yeah, that that guy stinks. He's <laughs> he's just he's not good. Let 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 let's put the okay. Let's put this in perspective. He had 97 passing yards, and then obviously. <laughs> like, like I, I want to, Jack. I want you to react to these numbers. Texas A&M had 186 total yards last week. App State played Carolina, and Carolina had 576 yards. So the number six team in the country. At home against a team that almost allowed 600 yards, didn't even get 200 yards. Uh, <laughs> A&M, they, they got a long ways to go. Um, we, we know in, in the post-NIL era, they have dominated uh, recruiting. Um, you know, there's some, there's some backers in Aggieland that have, you know, just absurd amounts of money and connections. But uh, money and connections does not win you football games, apparently. Um, and uh, you know, I think you know A and M if if they could find the right guys to to pair with Jimbo Fisher, um, they will have a dynasty because um, their recruiting is always going to be there. Uh, who knows? They could be the next Alabama, but. It certainly ain't going to be this year. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm honestly surprised they're even still ranked um, when you only put up 14, seven of those coming from the uh, kick return from Devin A. Chain on, on App State, a Sun Belt team. Uh, that's just – that's not – you should not be a ranked team. Um, and it yeah. just, they're, they're frauds. It's it's bad, and it can only get worse for the ACC next week. 
if they lose to Texas A&M. Miami of Florida ranks number 13. Yep. You, you, you got to win. You have to win that game. You um, do. Um, you know, I think Miami has a very underrated squad. Um, I have been so high on Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, you know this. He, I think, is the second best quarterback in the ACC. Um, he scorched NC State last year. So, you know, maybe there's a little bias there from myself, but um, Miami, they are an experienced team. Uh, they return a lot of guys. Their defense, I think, is their strongest, uh, their strongest unit. Um, and Tyler Van Dyke is, is a playmaker. So going to have yeah. to look out for that uh, Miami A&M game uh, next week. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the other SEC, ACC game, I mean, honestly, I think Pitt wins this game if Slovis doesn't go down. Not not only that, but they lost a number of guys on the O line as well. Um, it, I, I watched this entire game from start to finish, and Pitt was bleeding players just left, right, and center. Um, you know, you hate to see it because they have such a talented roster. Uh, you see uh, their running back Israel Abinaconda explode for 150 yards. Uh, you know, Slovis was playing great till he went down. Even Nick Patty, he came in and he played he played all right. Um, and honestly, I think they have the best uh, tight end in the league uh, in Gavin Bartholomew. I don't know if you saw his highlight reel hurdle, um, but it was it was yeah. nasty, man. Um, Pittsburgh, they're full of, of just weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, defense is a bit of a question mark. Um, but, you know, it's not like Tennessee has a bunch of uh, <laughs> has a bunch of B listers on their team either. Hendon Hooker. He's uh, highly regarded as one of the best players uh, in in his conference. Um, well, I will say, I think Tennessee is in for a rude awakening. Um, it's not a recipe for success to allow 150 yards rushing from one player if you're in the SEC. Um, yeah, that's true. They allowed over 400 yards, and they have to play. They still have three top 10 teams on their schedule, Alabama, Kentucky, and Georgia, and they haven't beaten Alabama in probably 20 years. They probably haven't beaten Georgia in 20 years, and I'm sure they've beaten Kentucky, but... This team, I don't have any expectations other than they'll probably go seven and six. Hmm. Now, I think that's a bit of a hot take there. Um, I, I have Tennessee finishing relatively high, uh, second in their division, in fact, in the SEC. Um, conference play, of, of course, is going to be their um, be-all, end-all this year. Um, got them over Kentucky. I do. Um, I think that Hendon Hooker is 
I won't I won't say underrated because he does get a lot of hype, but I do think he's the real deal. Um, he has just so much talent, um, and I think that he has a lot of pieces around him. Uh, the, again, the question mark is the defense for Tennessee. Can they hold the likes of uh, Bryce Young uh, to to uh, to at, at, at least some some sort of of limit so that they can put enough put up enough points to win, you know, that much I don't know, but uh, I think that Tennessee will will have a a pretty solid season. Yeah, I just see them getting steamrolled by Alabama and Georgia, but maybe they can finish second. We'll see. That Kentucky game would be a big teller for that. Jack, Georgia is allowing 1.5 points per game. They are, but, you know, they played two cupcake games so far. Um, Oregon is back in the rankings. True, they are back in the rankings after they put up 70, but I think uh, the Ducks are – they're also a bunch of frauds, not as much as uh, A&M. But I I think that um, Oregon is not going to compete with any SEC school. I think Tennessee beats them. I think Kentucky beats them. I think Florida beats them. Um, So – Cupcake game, maybe that was an exaggeration, but it's definitely a game they should have won. Um, and you know, of course, Samford, it that's you know, <laughs> that's I, I expect them to score zero points, so I'm not going to read too far into that. Um, and Georgia is rightfully number one again, uh, yeah, Alabama, um, definitely after after this. After their performance against uh, Texas, I think they deserve number two and Georgia number one. Uh, let's talk about an overrated team, Clemson. Allowed... Overrated? Ah, I'm not sure if they allowed... are overrated. Clemson allowed almost 400 yards to Furman. They did, but they only allowed 12 points. Um, at their defense. Halftime... At halftime, what was the score? It was 9-28. to Clemson had a late touchdown. So, for a while, it was it was a two-possession game late in the second quarter. Uh, DJ throws a pick against the Furman defense. Um, I, I just – they're – they had two turnovers against Furman. Yeah, uh, but I mean, this is this isn't anything that that you haven't seen before, and it's nothing that you weren't aware of. Uh, Clemson's defense is going to carry them, uh, and while they did allow 400 yards, they they stood strong in uh, in their own half of the field, uh, and they did not allow a single touchdown. Uh, it was all field goals. Um, and they did have one touchdown. Ah, that uh, I see that now. Um, they did miss the extra point, uh, which he was, is look, worth mentioning. But um, look, man, I I'm I'm telling you, 400 yards that better be fixed by Wake Forest. That yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, DJ. He stinks, but it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't matter um, because I think their defense is uh, plenty good enough. And Will Shipley, I think, 
is an absolute beast. So he's going to uh, definitely put up some good numbers this year for them. Yeah. Um, well, surely, uh, I mean, they have the toughest schedule they've had in a long time. Wake Forest and NC State back-to-back weeks. They got Florida State on the road. Florida State looks a lot better. They have Syracuse, who I told Jack, I think they're not going to be bad. They have good players on their team. Uh, Almost beat Clemson last year as well. Uh, They have Notre Dame on the road. That's going to be in early November. Surely by then, Notre Dame will have it turned around. Um, I don't think Notre Dame's going to be an 0-8 team. Like, they're going to turn it around. I I think it's just a slow start for them. Um, And then they have Miami of Florida. And then South Carolina. So, this is a... Clemson won't get by with what they did last year. This is going to be much tougher than them. And we'll see because DJ, man, he's not Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence or Taj Boyd. And that's honestly, that's what got Clemson a lot of titles. Yeah, I wouldn't even say he's Kelly Bryant. Um, (laughs) I think he's the worst quarterback that they've started in consecutive years, probably in the last 20, 25 years. Man, um, can we think of like an, a really old Clemson quarterback? Honestly, not. Like EJ Manuel, or was he Florida State? Florida State. Yeah, he was Florida State. For some um, reason, I wanted to say Jake Plummer. <laughs> Jake Plummer? Uh, maybe. Um, I wasn't really watching football when I was five or six years old, and that's as, about as far back as my knowledge goes. He's a he's an Arizona State guy. Ah, shout out Jake Plummer. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Jake Plummer. Um, he had a certainly had a career. You know, we like to shout out our ran- random NFL guy. Yeah. yeah, this is your sponsored random NFL guy of the week, Jake Plummer. <laughs> um, you can expect, uh, you know, LaMichael James next week. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right, getting getting uh, towards the later games, um, USC dominating. Caleb Williams, Heisman, uh, Heisman candidate. Um, I've been high on USC uh, since the beginning of the year, and um, I think that they have a, they have an outside shot at the uh, college football playoff. Yeah, did uh, they did struggle in run defense? So they, um, you know, probably want to get that defense together when they play Utah later in the season, but. Over 200 yards allowed on the ground is not going to be very good when you're trying to play Alabama or Georgia, that the teams that run it all the time. Yep. And BYU, I'm not surprised that they won. I think that they're actually a pretty good team, Jack. Yeah, I, I can agree. Um, Jaron Hall looked pretty pretty serviceable. 
Um, didn't really get much going on the ground, but, um, you know, they, uh, solid defensively, really. Yeah, they, they did. They made, they made their stops when they needed to. And I think that they, they are, they are the real deal, but I'm not sure if they will make any waves beyond, uh, a top 15 finish. I I feel like they're probably going to end the year where they are currently. If I had to, if I had to predict it, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you'd you'd love to see it for them, but I don't know that their schedule is going to be tough enough. Especially Notre Dame was a huge game on their schedule, and with Notre Dame not being what we thought, that's that's not really going to be a super impressive win if they do that. And then Arkansas is a big one in Oregon. But, like, I, I mean, those teams have lost. So, Baylor, as it stands, looks like they would be the best win on their schedule throughout the rest of the year. And that's, you know, right now, Baylor could have could have a stinker. It's only the second week. Um, you never know. So, um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and say it, Jack. I think Syracuse could have a big year. Um, you got you got Sean Taylor, right? Okay. Big or Sean Tucker, excuse me. Had a monster season last year, and he's coming back. He's back. He's playing well. They got the uh, Garrett Schrader. At quarterback, um, <laughs> played terrible against NC State, but you know what? Uh, he ran it all right against you guys last year. I suppose so. But yeah, I think you know they could be a solid team. They got a a lot of returning talent. They do, and they don't really have any competition in that side of their. Uh... In, in their division and that side of the conference. Well, they um, do have a stretch of NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Florida State, and Wake Forest. Okay, that is a problem. Um, that is a deadly six-week stretch. Who did that to them? I don't know, but I can't imagine them winning more than half of those in in the best circumstances. Um that's oh, yeah, um, that, tough tough scene for the cues. That is a a brutal stretch. Uh, Jack Duke. <laughs> uh, Duke is a football team. Um, I don't think they're really worth talking about. You do see their thirty-one twenty-three win over Northwestern. Um, yeah, they they've got some some okay players, I suppose. Um, I think the most shocking thing to me is Duke and Kansas are both two and zero. True. Um, you know Riley Leonard's not half bad. Uh, he did throw a pick last week, but you know completed about half of his passes, which I think is pretty pretty Duke for them. <laughs> um, I, I was uh, I was watching a. Uh, a clip of Colin Cowherd the other day talking about Daniel Jones. And he was like, you know, you take a look at Daniel Jones and 
all you see is just a player that says, yeah, I went to Duke. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what, Colin? You're right. That's exactly what I see when I look at Daniel Jones. Um, So I think that's probably the most noteworthy thing about Duke that I read or saw this week. Mm. Crazy stat about the Big Ten. This tells you how lopsided the Big Ten divisions are. The Big Ten East is all undefeated. The Big Ten West has one undefeated team. They both have seven teams. Wow. Um, and some ACC vibes right there. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what that says about the, the state of conferences and super conferences and whatnot. Um, I, I, uh, I just don't know how Nebraska, what happened to that program? Uh I think they they just they just kind of grew out of their own success, um, especially now. I mean, nobody's going to Nebraska for the NIL money. Um, but you know what? I like Rutgers. I'm not going to hate on them, man. Yeah, I was trying to think of colleges in New Jersey, and I think the only one I could come up with was Rutgers and St. Peter's because they went to the uh, – was it the Final Four or was it the Elite Eight? This past uh, March Madness. Um, final Four, maybe? Yeah, I think it was the Final Four. No, Elite Eight. I, uh, I gotta say that. Uh, but yeah, Rutgers, man. Shout out Greg Shiano. Yep, Greg Shiano the GOAT. Um, shout out my buddy Pat. He's a big Rutgers fan. <laughs> um, so... There we go. Uh, I think that's. I got a. I, I got a good idea for a trivia question today, Jack. Is it perhaps which game went to seven overtimes this past week? I'm because gonna, Eastern Kentucky and Bowling Green actually went to seven overtimes. You know, which is crazy for college football. I'm gonna. I'm gonna name you old ACC quarterback. Oh, gosh. And you have to tell me which college they went to. All right? All right. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's do it. All right. Well, you know what? Th- this is going to be fun. I think that there's going to be – I kind of – yeah, I kind of bombed this, uh, this question when we did NFL guys. So hopefully I have a bit of a better performance here. So I'm going to say Cullen Harper. Cullen Harper. Cullen Harper. I am not even sure I remember him. <laughs> what, what like? Your hint is that he's on the team I already talked about. Oh, was he was he the guy before Dodge Boyd? Twenty two thousand eight. I don't think that was quite before him. Uh, Willie Corn was the backup there. Nice shout out, Willie Corn. Great name there. <laughs> they had C.J. Spiller. 
on that roster. Bro, he was a beast in college. Um. All right, uh, Sean Renfrey. Sean Renfrey. Yeah, I remember Bryn Renner, <laughs> but I don't know Sean Renfrey. Um, Sean Renfrey. What era are we are we looking at here? Like two thousands, two thousand eleven. Where are you even finding these guys? Like, did That's you just a... Google most most obscure ACC quarterbacks from the twenty tens? That's a Duke quarterback. Huh? You know, it kind of sounds like a Duke quarterback. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Christian Ponder. Oh, Christian Ponder, FSU legend. Um. That's a guy I know. Uh, and wait. they had they had two NFL quarterbacks, EJ Manuel and Christian Ponder on the same roster. Yeah, uh, the reason I especially remember Christian Ponder um, is his perhaps even more successful wife, who was a sideline reporter. Um, yeah. Yeah. So shout out to the Ponders. I wonder how they're doing these days. <laughs> um. Man, I just want to find like. Some like just random name that like like Eric Dungy. Oh, Eric Dungy? That's a that's a Syracuse guy, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I remember him. He was there for like four or five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the random names that you just somehow remember sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know who I thought about for the first time in like a year was uh, Bailey Hockman, former NC State quarterback. Uh, that guy was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of stinky uh, NC State quarterbacks in my time, but I've also seen a lot of really good ones. Justin Thomas. <laughs> Bro, ain't that the tight end from uh, Virginia Tech? No. Oh, I, I swear Virginia Tech had a tight end. I'll, I'll name a series of them: Justin Thomas and Bad Lee. That his name is Bad. <laughs> Do you have a brother named Good? <laughs> no, it's B A D. Bad Lee. Yeah. Bad Bradley Lee. Imagine his middle name was Bradley. But uh, let let's see. I mean. This is a this was a time where I thought this team was running the complete wrong offense for the conference that they were in. Hmm. Um you know? Uh, I'm at a loss. I really only remember those older guys. Paul like... Paul Johnson was the coach. Paul Johnson? I don't know if I know a Paul Johnson. <laughs> Georgia Tech. Ah, Georgia Tech. The only Georgia Tech players that I know that aren't on the current team are Calvin Johnson and who's the other big name that went there? Demarius Thomas. Yep, Demariusness. But, uh, yeah, Jack. Georgia Tech's old offense. <laughs> 
That dude, I remember like that triple option was dangerous, bro. I remember they had a there was a period of time where they literally ran the ball like ninety two percent of their plays or some some crazy stat like that over four or five years. And they literally had like four running backs in at one time every single every single play. Yeah. Um Tanner Price. Oh, that name sounds familiar. <laughs> Why does that sound familiar? Tanner Price and Jacory Harris. Why do I want to say Wake Forest? <laughs> Tanner Price went to Wake Forest. I dude, I remember Tanner Price for some reason. <laughs> oh, who was that one wide receiver for, for Wake Forest? That oh. tall guy? He was, I like, did. insane for them. I know one that went to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy I'm thinking of. No, he's, like, a really short guy, though. Oh. Dude, there was I, a... That is crazy you got that, though. I don't know how I remember Tanner Price. Maybe because NC State somehow manages to lose to Wake Forest, like, pretty much every year. So I just remember their players, but... Bren Renner. Bro, Bren Renner. I... I don't even know. Tom uh, Savage. Tom Savage? Tom Savage is an ACC guy? <laughs> yeah. I remember him on the Houston Texans for a little while. Yeah. Uh, my guess would be Boston College, maybe. He went to uh, Pitt. Ah, yeah. Then we I got- feel like, I don't know why, it was just north northern vibes. We got for- Brad Kaya. Oh, Brad Kaya, Miami legend, bro. Yeah. I remember that guy because he had a funny name, and I would say it like Kaya every single time I saw him because I was like 10. I thought it was hilarious. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman, the goat. Nathan the Peterman. Pitt. Pit. Uh, John Walford. Walford? Wa- Walford, Walford. I want to say... I remember the name. I remember the player. He went to uh, Wake Forest. Yeah, I was about to say Wake. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, he was, you know, he was, he's in the NFL. Huh. You know, good for him. I did not know that. So, we'll look at, we'll look at some receivers real quick here before we sign off. Uh, All right. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Dwight, Watkins. Dwight Jones. Dwight Well, Sammy Watkins went to Clemson. Dwight Jones had a big year at UNC. I don't remember him. I don't remember him either. Uh, the guy you're thinking of is Campanero, isn't it? Ah, Camp and Arrow. You're right. You're right. Camp and Arrow. Camp and Arrow. Uh, Connor Vernon. Old Duke, Vernon. Duke guy. True. Duke Johnson. Ah, uh, Miami. He was he was nasty at Miami, bro. Yeah, we're, I mean, just reminiscing here on some old names. If you guys can name someone that's been in college longer than Perry Ellis? 
Dude, that man is Nikosi Perry's been in college for a minute. Yeah, I, I we saw him last year, and then I was like, oh, surely he's graduated. But no, we played him again this year. Um, some guys, man, like it's just like, how are you still in college? Like Derek King, I felt like was in college for six years. Yeah, something like that. Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Yep, he's been in there for a while. All right, well, Jack, Jake Plummer, shout out. Shout out, Jake Plummer. Shout out, uh, Saudi Daisy again, just for the, just for the memes, memories. Yeah. Uh, well, Jake Palmer. Next week we'll have a new one for you. Next week we we shall. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it'll be uh, Michael Turner. <laughs> Who's that? The running back for the Falcons. Oh, I don't remember him. I only remember him because he was on that like almost undefeated Falcons team where Matt Ryan won MVP. Oh. Yeah. Jack, it was good. We'll uh we'll talk later. We shall and uh we will see you guys next week.